I don't know why, just before I started recording, like, I came to mind, like, what exactly I'm going to say as a start. Like, I know what I'm going to do and talk about and say, but, like, you know, I don't always have, like, the perfect introduction or introductory words to say. But I was just like, cool, episode six, like, damn, I'm really on this shit. I'm like, wait, like, one to five, I don't know, those felt fast. And nothing has changed. I haven't taken a week off. I've been posting, like, each week. But I don't know what it is. All of a sudden, it feels like longer, and it's a 10. Maybe because it's something that, I, that I'm anticipating. But we back. Um, lately, things have been pretty cool. Uh, my girlfriend Gabby came over for some days. I was going to say the weekend, but it, it wasn't the weekend. Um, and that was very much needed. She's finishing up her last semester in college. So there's a long distance portion of our relationship. And, you know, it's, it's, admittedly, it's tough. I, I, I'm, I'm a very, um, I'm a person that loves physical touch. So it's something that I need. But the reality is, like, you know, when we met, I was a little a little ahead of my college journey. So she just got to finish up. She's about to be home. And kind of insane. Going to graduate. I didn't I didn't know this is how graduate programs work. I thought they gave you at least a little break, you know, some months at least. But no, it's like graduate in May, graduate school in June. Insane. But she got that, though. We went to some. Awesome ass restaurant called Danico in Little Italy. Danico. I got my guy Danico. I have a friend named Danico. We were, we were laughing about that. But yeah, it was rumored. Nah, I was on their menu, but I'm I'm playing that they have a vodka, vodka sauce slice. It's kind of like it was. It's like a mix of a margarita and a vodka slice because it had everything in a margarita, just vodka sauce. And I was like, what? Like it, we were trying to decide where we were gonna eat, and we had a bunch of options. But after that. I was sold. No contest. Like, let's go. So we went. Um, we were actually trying two different pizzas because, come on, like, sometimes you got a new place, you got to change it up a little bit. So I had something called a Bianca pizza. And it was, I'm not going to lie, kind of the same ingredients as margarita, just they added ricotta. No, they added ricotta, romano, some other type of cheese. But it was fucking good. But the vodka slice was where it was, where it was at. It was where it was at. Um, so that was dope. You got some drinks. Feels so fucking grown to order a drink. I don't even get ID'd. What the like? What was? What, what, I, I don't understand. Like, do people? Can people just like sense it? Like, I like I have a beard, so like of course I look older, a little older naturally, a little more mature in the way I carry myself. I try to carry myself with sophistication. But Gabby, um, she looks young. Like we're just a year apart, but she has a, a youthful face. I guess that's gonna that's gonna be great for later on. She's gonna age like fine wine. It's just gonna be like whoa. Now you looking mature, like what's good, MILF? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um yeah, we each got drinks. They were good. The pizza was good. Highly recommend the place. It was a rainy day, but didn't let that shit bring us down. Everything was good. I did have some I don't know, sometimes I feel like I have like just these moments, tiny embarrassing pockets of moments, um, in our outings at times. And I don't know why why they happen. It feels like sometimes I I can't stop it. I the only way to stop it is to go home. But despite all of those little, little mishaps that only I was experiencing, because, like, Gabby was chilling. Nothing was happening to her. I just kept getting, like, ridiculous shit. Like, for example, the waiter asks, did, did you enjoy your drink? And I said, yes. I'm pretty sure I said, yes, it's really, it was really good. Somehow, he slips in like a weasel. I didn't catch it. Gabby does. She heard it. I, I, it slipped my mind. I, I don't know. This dude must have been fast as fuck. But he slipped in if I, and asked if I wanted another one. My, my yes to yes, the drink was good, 
was registered for if I wanted another drink. So this man lays down another fucking big ass glass, and I'm like, uh, oh, stunned and confused because I'm like, I didn't, I didn't ask for another drink. We explained and it was whatever, but it's like little mishaps kept happening. But it was still a great outing. I didn't never realize that Little Italy, Little Italy, Chinatown, and Soho were so close together, like literally walking distance. Like on the map, it looks kind of like large. But it's like, just walk down a block and then boom, you're in Chinatown. We also watched some movies, You People with Jonah Hill and um, Eddie Murphy. That was a really good movie. Um, definitely like the comedy and the writing in that. Um, we also, that actually led us down a little Jonah Hill like rabbit hole. Like looking at, yeah, we saw, no, it wasn't even You People first. It was 21 Jump Street because Gabby never saw it. So we saw that. Come on, iconic movies. Um, definitely going to watch 22 Jump Street. And then we saw you people. I remember that I saw something about a documentary that Jonah Hill was going to release called like Stutz. You know, it's like uh, about his therapist, about like his methods and even his own internal struggles, which is very interesting to watch. But yeah, we saw that as well. And honestly, I just have to say like, damn, Jonah Hill is, it's a profession to see that a celebrity is a real person. Like he's openly admitted that, you know, despite his success, it doesn't take away from all of his internal and mental struggles. Like, wow, I just... It was cool to relate to somebody like that's in a completely different world. Therapists had a bunch of insights on, you know, how to think and conduct things and just therapy tactics. And I was like, well, I really want to implement these in my life. I have to give it another watch. And uh, I'll definitely talk about it on another episode. But I I'd, I'd recommend the movie documentary. Sorry to me, like watching it. And sometimes you expect that therapists have their shit figured out. But it's it's honestly unrealistic. They're people, too. And this guy struggles with Parkinson's, and he had a crazy upbringing, like, nothing that that I expected, um, I don't want to spoil any, I really don't, but just to, just to give, like, a little, like, he had a sibling die, and it really impacted, like, how the family, you know, um, conducted things then on, yeah, he was saying, like, it's like, from then on, like, his childhood was just gone, so it was, it was powerful, and, and a really good watch, that I recommend. That makes me remember a conversation that I was having with Gabby, and uh, I was I was impressed by what she was saying. Like she's she's strong, and she was just describing that she's trying to, or literally trying, like inhabiting a, a more hands free take on on life. You know, instead of like like possessing so much pressure and anxiety, she's just trying to live, and it's impressive. Like she wants to become an occupational therapist, and she says like I want to become an OT, but if I don't life goes on, things are going to work out, and seeing her say that, I was like, wow, it's it's inspiring, but it makes me also, like, look inward and think, like, I, I'm not there yet, because, I don't know, like, yes, we're at different points, but still trying to find our, our careers, and, you know, we have these things that we want to do, like, Gabby's path is a little linear, you know, it's it's college, you take these courses that you need to, to get into graduate school, and once graduate school, and then boom, you, you, find, you find some hospital, and you buckle down, boom, that's your career. Maybe there's more to it. I'm not trying to um, undermine it at all. But from the way she describes, it is it is a linear path. For me, I have big pictures. I have goals. I have dreams. But the journey is very uncertain. And it's scary and sometimes puts a lot of pressure. And this isn't like I don't always have pressure or anxiety. It's like it definitely subsides at times. Like, I can genuinely enjoy things without, like, having it looming over me. And, like, I, I do push it back. But it is something that's always there, that always creeps up, that I always think about. Because, you know, I'm 22, currently unemployed, 
trying to like I have like things that I want to do and things that I'm doing, but things are just not you know it, it I don't want to make it sound sad, but things aren't working out currently. I don't have my recruiting job or HR coordination or digital marketing thing yet. Um, but I know it's on its way. But you know, sometimes when you don't have these things they can make you worry, make you anxious. And I'm gonna bite the bullet and acknowledge that. Like, yeah, these are things that I face, but I, I do wanna actively, you know, live more. I know it's not gonna be easy because in my mind I need to get established in some shape or way before she graduates. Because she's gonna, you know, she's not gonna be completely like, you know, swimming in it, has her own apartment, car, like not everything in life is set yet. She's still gonna have to work and work her way up or whatever, but she's she's set. She's she's like where she wants to be. I feel like I need to have some stability like that before she graduates. I just, uh, I, I guess in a way, I don't want to, I don't want to be dead weight, you know? Like, I don't want to, it, it sucks saying this because like she, she doesn't even consider, consider me that way or would consider it that way. She just considers that we're, we're both, we, we both have our, have our stories. Like we both have our paths that we have to take. And it's just about supporting each other, which is something that I truly do appreciate. I guess it takes some weight off my shoulders, but, you know, I don't want to become complacent. You know, I don't want to, like, give up or just be, like, comfy where I am, you know? I always want to push myself. I always, like, I feel like I'm, I'm only going to get where I want to be if I if I do push myself. I feel like there's, there can be such thing as positive pressure. And, you know, we went out to celebrate two years and six months, which is insane. Like, we've known each other so long. Snapchat has memories for us, like, on these specific months. And we remember the shit. It makes us laugh. And, you know, it it goes on. I keep making more and seeing those past memories. But it makes me reflect on, like, how far we've come. Because, yes, we've been together two, two years and six months. But that is something that we established. We just didn't have a title for a, a good while because we wanted to, you know, establish things in person. What does that mean? We are one of those relationships that survived the pandemic meaning like we were a budding relationship prior to the pandemic like things were going well we were planning on definitely being together then throughout the pandemic we stayed together but we just didn't have the title we were just you know an exclusive couple and then after the pandemic returned to school we continued where we not had left off because we've been developing things the whole time so i've i've known her for a, a good while and we've changed a lot as people um, we're completely different than when we were during the pandemic. I haven't, I feel like I haven't sat down and like really reflected on the hardship that we overcame. It, it was, it was hard. It was hard because it was, it was a long distance relationship and long distance relationships and on their own are difficult, but there's like so much more to that, that made it, that made it extremely difficult, I guess, for me. I wanted to delve into them because I feel like, like, I don't know, that's just something I, I've never really heard about. I feel like it's something I would like to hear about. Um, I remember during the pandemic, like, you know, on TikTok, it was all about like, yo, if y'all could survive this, y'all could survive anything. And like seeing that type of stuff gave us strength, even though it's social media stuff. It's like, we're still like, ah, like, look at us. We look at us, like still a successful couple, whatever. But I haven't seen nothing on TikTok about those relationships lasting. I don't know who's, who's lasted. I'm not sure. I feel like I got like, I've heard of like one friend of a friend whose relationship like lasted and he got married. That's impressive as fuck. But otherwise... I haven't heard anything about it, so I wanted to share my experience. This was one of the hardest and rewarding things I've experienced because this is 100%. She's like my person. I feel like she was sent by the universe. So I don't want like all these negatives of the past to ever like downplay anything because it's just, you know, perspective. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person. It's 
and just I it, I remember back then we would acknowledge that you know long distance was hard and it have us questioning like do you still want to be with me and it's like yeah of course there's just so much more attached to this and I just need to acknowledge the the difficulty of it and I feel like that's that's a fair thing to do when you're facing conflict acknowledge that it's difficult once you acknowledge it and you're not bouncing around it you can tackle it better because it's like all right yes this thing is kicking my ass but what's next me personally i've experienced long distance relationships my whole life in a way i think about it as they were preparing me for the ultimate one like it was tough not being able to have like an in person relationship with anybody but all of your experiences and i feel like a lot of my experiences contributed to to me finding gabby and being the person that i am so while things definitely sucked i can also be thankful for them so what else made a pandemic relationship hard the pandemic itself was suddenly imposed on our lives we had normalcy and anticipated normalcy since the summer was just around the corner but things changed fast there was no way like you could instantly cope with what was going on your your life completely all of our lives took a complete 360 and immediately it felt like the world or the universe forced me into a long distance situation when i was finally getting the in-person connection i desired experiencing long distance relationships all throughout my life has made it made me exhausted of them it made me exhausted of like virtual relationships like being on a phone because i i deeply desired something real so having that stripped away it it hurt there's nothing against gabby it's about those like internal struggles Another thing is my primary love language is physical touch. Our hugging, kissing, cuddling, sleeping together, everything was stripped away like that. Just sitting with the with the memories for for the moment and it's like things were going so well in life and it just dipped like crazy. Like mental health is a is a consistent battle, right? And right now I'll say I'm winning it with the help of, you know, medication and and therapy. But back then It's like I was doing well and then I descended even further than I went before. Like I didn't think my mental health would get worse. And once once I got home, let's talk about home. But the fact that we can only talk about what we wish we could do, it's nice in the moment, but when reality would set in that it'll be months until I could see her again, it was depressing. I really tried to stick out as much as I could in school because my like my friends were there and it was it was a better environment than at home. Sadly though everybody was separated so it's like I didn't really have my friends like we were in a suite but then eventually I had to move to those single rooms and that's a level of of isolation it it affects you and I just find it crazy that I chose that isolation over home because I I just really had those those hopes of like things returning to normal but they they definitely weren't I can vividly remember like looking at the news and it's like oh lockdown just for some more days it's like it would keep getting extended and extended so it's like this shit is worn for the long run this is not ending anytime soon i'm not trying to disrespect my mom in any type of way but like she she knows about how i felt then but like to put it plainly like home life it was ass like it was it was sad to be honest like i'm trying to like add some comedy saying it was ass but it was just sad um my mom was unemployed and depressed my younger sibling depressed Like I can't even imagine. I don't know. Now they're like ambivert honestly, but when they were younger they were extroverts. So they thrived over social interaction. So I couldn't imagine like how they felt um you know seeing 
you know, your your homies all the time in school, because they were in middle school, to nothing, just phone calls and texts. With my dad, I I don't have a great relationship with him. That's just how it is. Um, he imposes himself inconsiderately. He is a pathological liar, a manipulator, a narcissist. He's immature. He gaslights, lacks emotional intelligence and emotional regulation, always assumes the worst, is constantly negative, and refuses to make positive change. I'm not going to bash him. These are just the facts. And trust that there's a lot to say because there's a lot of anger there. But I just want to put it this way with a story. So I had enough of the isolation up in Plattsburgh. I was like, I, I got to go home. Like, this is it. I hit my, my maximum. And I get home. And I notice in my room, there are fairy lights tangled up in my baskets. Uh, Percy was sometimes chill in my room. You know, that's what people, what people do when you miss somebody. Uh, my dog Phoenix would also be there. So sometimes she would sleep in my bed. And sidebar, you know, it's cool. I, I, I don't know if they... Maybe they listen, maybe not. I don't know, because, you know, it's an, it's an older type of podcast, but, you know, they're, they're mature enough. It's fine to sleep in my bed, but not fine to jump on it so much that a bed spring was poking my ass. You fucking up my bed, that wasn't very cash money. I forgive you, but that was frustrating to come home to. and was not okay, but I had fairy lights singled up in all my baskets. To be honest, I don't think I minded them. Why did I have to take them out? But... I was just like, no, yeah, like, it's my room, like, take your stuff. So my dad and I are t- untangling these fairy lights. And what he's doing and what he's what he's done with everything he's taught me, he's like, you know, with me untangling the lights and whatever and like showing me like how to untangle and then just leaves me to do it. Like, this thing that had like had nothing to do with me, that shouldn't have been here in the, in the first place, that it shouldn't be dealing with. He just left me to do this shit. So I'm untangling the lights. And to be honest, like, I had plans to FaceTime Gabby that day i was trying to get to that not taking forever untangling super fucking tangled lights so i'm trying my best doing this thing it's not really super successful and you know like i wasn't in the best mental state so my emotional regulation wasn't the best so i was getting angry and it i felt like a buildup and i had to let it out so i just started punching the fuck out of one of my one of my bins punch it up so bad it's like it's dented i still have it I have it turned the other way so you can't see the dented side. But I just punched the fuck out of it. And my dad heard it. So he comes down. And it's interesting thinking about back then. Because I didn't have a lot of the strength that I do now to call out bullshit. But in that moment I did. I said like, you you, you left me. And then remembering this brings up a lot of anger. We started tangling the lights together. And he's like, no, you left me. And I was, I remember in the moment, I couldn't believe what I was fucking hearing. Thinking about it now, it's like, are you fucking serious, dude? He's like, you left me. Your mom was depressed. Your sister's depressed. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know how to deal with those things. And it's like, motherfucker, what, I, I just wasn't going to go to college? Or did you think I was going to go to Lehman and take a bunch of remedial courses and graduate with a degree I didn't want? What the fuck did you think? Like, that nar- I told you, I said narcissist, it's there, it's always fucking there. But he said this shit, and we untangled them together, finally, and I was just stunned. Wanted to just leave. Thankfully, he did. And I got to FaceTime Gabby. But that shit, like, I couldn't even believe it in the moment. It's just, just insane. Insane. 
I hope people with parental issues get to hear my experience because I, I hope they feel heard because honestly, sometimes I would feel like my, I feel like my reality is warped or just, I just couldn't fathom like all that was going on or like, you know, with pathological liars, you can't tell what's real. So that shit is just, it, it, it just fucks with your head and it sucks and you have to put up barriers so you can protect yourself. So I, I just don't want somebody to be going through problems with their parents and think they're alone. I think sometimes we think like we would, like pro big problems would be excluded from our parents because you assume they're going to be the more mature person and, and hear you, especially when you bring up all your problems. But no, not all of them were prepared to be parents. Some of them shouldn't be parents, but we, the offspring, has to live with that. But it's okay because we are not growing up pieces of shit. Um... And we just, we do better than them all the time. Anyways, yeah, once I got home, um, Gabby and I were figuring things out. You know, talking a lot, FaceTiming a lot. This was something new for the both of us, because um, never in my fucking life would I think that I was in a pandemic. Like, what the fuck? It, it, it's, it's honestly, it has me speechless. You know, there the, was the, the fucking polio shit back then, like, the last pandemic was in like the 1900s. So that's a long fucking time between a pandemic. And I'm hoping like, oh, you know, like with all these advances in society, maybe we'd be okay. You know, we actually, there actually is a, a book, like a book for pandemics. And um, all I'm going to say is, because I don't want to get too political, is the person we had in office at the time did not use the book. Um, they, There was no prep. There was a lot of downplay of the pandemic. And that's kind of why we're still here to this day and just another addition because this is something that that goes unheard covid rates are still pretty high they're not high, as high as back then sure but if thousands of people can die per day that's still a problem oh other things kill people every day sure but this is something that we're facing like all the time because you can just step in a room and call home with covid it wasn't as much as a problem then but long COVID is a bigger problem now. So whatever your views on protecting yourself against the virus or pandemic, all I'm saying is long COVID rates are now a serious statistic. It's something like one in five people can want to get long COVID. What is long COVID? That is the symptoms for a prolonged period of time. It could be weeks, months, years. Some people to this day still cannot taste. Imagine not being, being able to enjoy your favorite food. Or any food for that matter. That's a whack-ass existence. Or something like affecting your, your lung capacity. If you're a bodybuilder. Like there's just no there's no reason to get multiple bouts of COVID. But on a lighter note. I'm thankful for all the challenges Gabby and I went through. It gave not only ourselves value but each other. Because it, it was a real test of, of character. It's like, you know, like are you, do you really want something real like you've been wanting to? And are you committed to, to staying at it, even when things are hard. It, it just showed us a, a lot about communication and problem solving and empathy. Like, while the pandemic fucking sucked, I'm thankful for the beautiful relationship that I have. And I want to end off on a more positive note of taking the the love language test. Yes, that's how you figure out your love language. Take a little assessment. Um, It's kind of like the questions are pretty specific. So sometimes you got to choose just the best choice that you feel resonates with you. But 
it's it's still I feel like it's still pretty reflective. It's pretty accurate for like all of your love languages. So to begin, you can find it on five lovelanguages.com because there are five. Start here. What type of relationship would you like to strengthen? Romantic. Because a couple. The love language quiz. Let's go. Ooh, there's an apology quiz. That might be a good one. Like, yeah, I'm not really like a quiz person, but I feel like this one has genuinely been, you know, it's provided some knowledge. And an apology quiz could be interesting because uh, sometimes, I don't know, like sometimes for me, it's it's like an apology is not enough. I really need to see action. The love language quiz start. How do you describe yourself? I'm an adult. I am a teenager. I am taking the quiz for my child. Oh, that's sweet. Look at you. You can figure that out for your child. But I'm an adult. How do you describe yourself in a relationship? It's more meaningful to me when I receive a loving note, text, email for no special reason from my loved one. My partner and I hug. You see? Um, come up with a hug. I mean, the love and text sounds, that sounds awesome. I really would love that. 100%. But actions. Give me that hug, baby. It's more meaningful to me when I could spend a long time with my partner. Just the two of us. My partner does something practical to help me out. Just the two of us. It's more meaningful to me when my partner gives me a little gift as a token of our love for each other. I get to spend uninterrupted leisure time with my partner. Leisure time. I don't need items. But I do like thoughtful gifts. We both do. It's more meaningful to me when my partner unexpectedly does something for me like filling my car or doing the laundry. My partner and I touch. This is the thing. Like, I do appreciate unexpected things, but it's also like, you don't gotta go out of your way. Like, sometimes, yeah, I just do something to be, it's because I want to, just, like, out of the kindness. So, like, that happening every so often, that's that's enough for me. Because, you know, like, I'm not trying to burden you with my stuff. Like, if we're doing something together, like cleaning, dope. That's a together task. But otherwise, nah, like, I really do appreciate those things. But I do, it's meaningful when we touch. That's a, that's a reassurance for me. I don't know, I just feel con- extremely connected when we touch. It's more meaningful to me when my partner puts their arm around me when we're in public. My partner surprises me with a gift. Yo, that arm hug, when you have your arm, like, you know, in, in your pocket or something, and do the, the arm grab, top 10. Like, best things. Walking down the street, you feel like the best dude in the place. It's more, <laughs> it's more meaningful to me when I'm around my partner, even if we're not really doing anything. I hold hands with my partner. Hmm, that's the thing. I like both. This is the thing that we struggle with a lot. We're like, but I like both. But they both mean something to me. Problem is, I'm I can be an indecisive person, <laughs> so I'm I'm facing that right now and trying not to take a fuck ton of time answering these things. But here we are. I guess being around without really doing anything that's nice. I like being able to exist with her. Like we can both like enjoy our thing and then come together to do something together or just doing something together separately. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, it's it's great. It's more meaningful to me when my partner gives me a gift. I hear I love you from my partner. Ooh, that hits. It's more meaningful to me when I sit close to my partner. I am complimented by my loved one for no apparent reason. I struggle with taking compliments. I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, ah, like thank you. I I don't even know what to say. But I like sitting close. It's comfy. It's more meaningful to me when I get the chance to just hang out with my partner. They keep asking the same question. I unexpectedly get small gifts. No, I want to hang out. More meaningful when I hear my partner tell me I'm proud of you. Yo, hearing that from that from your significant other, that should be hitting. It'd be hitting. My partner helps me with a task. 
Nah, I gotta go with the I'm proud of you. It's more meaningful to me when I get to do things with my partner. I hear supportive words from my partner. I hear supportive words. Sometimes you do need that pick-me-up. Your partner can be there to help you. So yeah, I support the supportive words. It's more meaningful when my partner does things for me instead of just talking about doing nice things. My partner does things for me instead of just talking about doing nice things. I feel connected to my partner through a hug. The first one sounds weird. Why would like why would I? I don't know. We usually we're we're talking we're talking about something. We're gonna do it. We're like it's definitely like a plan. Like we you know we put it on a list, future reference. But we're not gonna just talk about like yeah I'm gonna do the dishes for you. Yeah I'm gonna do your laundry. Like that's weird. Maybe it's not like that. So I'm gonna go with the hug. It's more meaningful when I hear praise from my partner. My partner gives me something that shows that they were really thinking about me. Praise. It's more meaningful to me when I'm able to just be around my partner. I get a back rub or massage from my partner. The massages be hitting. I got that tense back, but I like just being around you. It's more meaningful when my partner reacts positively to something I've accomplished. My partner does something for me that I know they don't particularly enjoy. Positively to accomplish. I don't want you to do something you're like vexing. It's more meaningful to me when my partner and I kiss frequently. I sense my partner is showing interest in the things I care about. This is the thing. Like, I like both. Why would they not show interest in what you care about? I think even though, even if they don't, if even if Gabby doesn't know about it, she still listens. So I like kissing frequently though. My partner works on special projects with me that I have to complete. My partner gives me an exciting gift. I do appreciate the special projects. She's helped me with some short films. I'm complimented by my partner on my appearance or my partner takes the time to listen to me and really understand my feelings. Come on now. Come on. Come on. My partner and I shared non-sexual touch in public, or my partner offers to run errands for me. I like holding hands in public. My partner does a bit more than their normal share of responsibilities we share, around the house, work-related, etc. I get a gift that I know my partner put thought into choosing. I, the thing is, like, it's not, uh, it's not that it's not meaningful if she were to put more than their, her share. It's just I wouldn't want her to do that. I would like it to be 50-50. So I do like a gift that, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Those thoughtful ass gifts, like truly thoughtful. Like um, recently she gave me a, it was an Etsy drawing. Yeah, it was a drawing of my dog Phoenix. Like she took a picture of him, and it's such a it's such a good drawing. I, I I'm really I love that frame. I love that picture, and I'm gonna appreciate it a lot. Um, because Phoenix is getting old, so the gift. It is more meaningful when my partner doesn't check their phone while we're talking. My partner goes out of their way to do something that relieves pressure on me. Damn, I don't remember them pinning up such good ass. Nah, I remember Gabby and I were struggling taking this shit. We were like, ah, damn, they got some good ones, but also they be repeating stuff. I really, I really like when it, like, not the not checking phone though when we're talking. That's very respectful and everything. Definitely tells me you're engaged. It's more meaningful when I can look forward to a holiday because of a gift I anticipate receiving. I hear the words "I appreciate you" from my partner. Hell yeah, the words, baby. My partner brings me a little gift after they've been traveling without me. My partner takes care of something I'm responsible to do, but I feel too stressed to do at the time. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, that. If I'm too stressed and you help out, love that. My partner doesn't interrupt me while I'm talking. Gift giving is an important part of our relationship. Doesn't interrupt me while I'm talking. I feel like we all love that. My partner helps me out when they know I'm already tired, or I get to go somewhere while spending time with my partner. Nah, if I'm already tired and helping me out, like, I mean, that does mean the world. Like, taking a burden off of someone's shoulders when they're stressed or tired... That is one of the the best things you can do for someone. My partner and I are physically intimate, or my partner gives me a little gift that they picked up in the course of their normal day. Physically intimate, come on. 
I need to grab them cheek. I mean, I mean, we got we got a hug. <laughs> my partner says something encouraging to me. I get to spend time in a shared activity or hobby with my partner. I like encouragement. My partner surprises me with a small token of their appreciation. My partner and I touch a lot during the normal course of the day. Yeah, I need that. I need that. I feel connected through the touch. My partner helps me out, especially if I know they're already busy. Damn. My, I hear my partner specifically tell me, I appreciate you. You don't need to help me when you're busy. Like, I want to take the burden off of you. My partner and I embrace after we, we've been apart for a while. Or I hear my partner say how much I mean to them. Like, I do like getting lovey-dovey. But, I don't know. The embrace after we've been apart for a while. Like, especially us, because, you know, she'll be in there in Plattsburgh for some weeks, months. That embrace does hit. Yeah, like, it still comes up, like, how much we mean to each other. Whether it be cards or through actions. Yep. Uh, literally spot on just as last time. Physical touch. Yeah, they give you percentages. So physical touch, 33%. Words of affirmation, 27%. Yep, you hear shit. Quality time, 27%. That's, I feel like that's higher. Must have been 21 back then. Acts of service, 10%. And receiving gifts is 3%. And then they, they say some stuff about it. A person whose primary love language is physical touch is, not surprisingly, very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, holding hands, and thoughtful touches on the arm, shoulder, or face, they can always be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in any relationship. Words of affirmation. Actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Hearing the words, I love you, are important. Hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirits skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. Kind, encouraging, and positive words are truly life-giving. Quality time. In the vernacular of quality time, nothing says I love you like full, undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down, and all chores and tasks on standby make your significant other feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful. The love language of quality time also means sharing quality conversation and quality activities. Acts of service. Can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most want to hear. Let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this love language their feelings don't matter. Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipient of these acts. And lastly, receiving gifts. Don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this love language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday, anniversary, or hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. So would the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are visual representations of love and are treasured greatly. Yeah, I recommend this test if you want to figure out, um, if you don't entirely know, um, What's your love language? Like you kind of have some some semblance like, oh, I like these things, but want to get some more concrete details? This could definitely help you out. And it also speaks volumes for relationships. Like it really teaches you about one another because then you understand like their point of view. That empathetic thinking is really how you thrive. Anyways, for those looking for their person, they are 100% on their way. Sometimes you just need to evolve into a specific individual until they can enter your life. Sometimes that's frustrating to deal with, but... Honestly, when you just focus on loving yourself and living to the fullest, abundance comes your way, which includes that person you want.